College who are graduating tonight. Uh, we're so blessed to have her here. She's an amazing, gifted communicator. I'm a little bit disappointed though, she didn't bring her Christmas hat, but we'll forgive her for that. Church, can we welcome up Hayley? Morning Church, so good to be here and see you all at Bonnie Campus. And hey, you're gonna have to forgive me. Um, I don't get an opportunity very often to speak in front of Pastor Luke and Marilyn. Uh, so I gotta take the opportunity when I can get it in. Um, it's enormously humbling uh, to speak on platforms that someone else made and to uh, be able to stand on platforms of influence that someone else created. And so thank you, Pastor Luke, for being an incredible pioneer. And thank you, Marilyn, because I know that if I see Marilyn, I'm in for my funniest five minutes of the day. I can't wait to watch she says. We love you guys. You're amazing. Can we honour Pastor Luke and Marilyn this morning? And it's so good to be with you. And you can get your sermon notes out. I'm just gonna pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to come around your word. And Lord, right now we just say, God, that we are not coming above your word. We are not standing as judges or critics of your word. Right now, Lord God, we submit ourselves under the word of God as the final authority. And we believe, Lord God, that it has the power to open our eyes, to lead us to truth and to transform us in the, into the image of Christ. Lord, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would step into this meeting and that you would change us and transform us in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen and amen. Hey, we have um, Elam Leadership College graduation tonight and actually we've got interns coming around from all around the country. I can actually see some interns in the service, which is awesome. Um, but uh, we have an intern who is flying up. She's had to fly up from Omaru, but um, I don't know if you know, all the um, airplanes aren't coming out of there. And so she literally chartered a helicopter. And you know what I thought to myself when I heard that? I thought, listen, if she chartered a helicopter, that gives us no excuse to get into our cars and drive to Bot tonight. Uh, so please, you are invited to come along and celebrate our amazing interns. If you'd love to, we'd love for you to be there. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. But one thing you need to know about me is I love books. I love movies. My favourite movies are Marvel movies. If there was a debate between DC and Marvel, Marvel every single time, DC, you're deluding yourself, okay? That's what I think. That's what I believe. And uh, But I'm a sort of unusual person because every time I watch a superhero movie or I see the villain, I always think, what happened to them like before what we're watching. Like when I see a villain, I literally think to myself, what happened to you as a child to make you like this? And I know I shouldn't think like that because it's a superhero story and it's ridiculous, but I do think like that. I think what happened to you before? What was your origin? How about this? What was your prequel? Because Hollywood's all about the sequels. If something's successful, they'll give you a sequel so they can make money. I'm more interested in the prequel. And so will, so were directors like George Lucas. I don't know, George Lucas made three whole prequels about Darth Vader's origin story. Uh, Peter Jackson made three prequels in the Hobbit movie, and it's debatable whether he should have done that, but he did do it. You know, he did, and now we have them. But I'm interested in what happened before, because sometimes to understand the significance of what is happening now, we have to understand what came before. So you need to know today that before Jesus made his entrance into human history, as a baby in a manger, he had a prequel. Before he was a baby in a manger, Jesus was a king in heaven. And if we misunderstand the fact that Jesus had a prequel, we will misplace the significance of the fact that he was born as a baby. That's why John, when he begins his gospel, starts with that great statement, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word 
and through him all things were made. He goes on to make very clear that this word was talking about Jesus, where he says that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. It's because John, before he gets into the action, he wants to make very clear that actually this baby's story is not the beginning of Jesus' story. Before he was in a manger, he was a king enthroned in majesty. And if we miss that fact, we miss the significance of the manger moment. Before he was a baby in a manger, he was a king in heaven. Now, this is difficult for us to wrap our heads around. See, I can intellectually understand the sacrifice it took for Jesus to come from heaven to earth. I can intellectually understand the surrender it took for the king of heaven to clothe himself in flesh, but ultimately I can't really understand it because I don't know about you, I've never been to heaven. I've never walked the streets of gold. And if you have, I would sincerely love to talk to you after the service. Please make your way to the front of the church. See, the problem is sometimes you've got to be there to understand, right? Have you ever tried to tell a funny story and it sunk because someone had to be there? Some things you have to be there to understand. I remember the first time I went to the city of Paris, and you gotta understand, I'm a history geek through and through. I love history, and I loved French history. I'd studied it at university. I'd read all the books, done all the Google searches, read all the Wikipedia pages, you know, but nothing could prepare me for actually being in the city, for actually walking the streets of Paris myself, for seeing the Eiffel Tower, for walking down the Champs-Élysées. Nothing could prepare me from being in the place. See, I've seen photos of the Statue of Liberty, but I don't really understand its magnificence. I've never been there. You know, I've seen pictures of the Great Wall of China, but I don't really know why it's so great because I've never seen it in the flesh. I've seen photos of the Great Pyramid of Giza, but I don't really understand its scope and its magnitude because I've never stood next to it. And that, my friends, is our problem with heaven. Because as much as we can encapsulate it in words... As much as we can picture it in stories, none of us know what it's really like because we've never walked the streets of gold ourselves. And so we struggle to wrap our heads around this idea that Jesus left this place of magnificence to be born as a baby on earth. See, I've heard it said that we shouldn't think of the cross as the defining, excuse me, as the only moment of sacrifice and surrender in Jesus' life. Instead, we need to think of it as the crowning moment in a life that was defined by surrender and sacrifice. A sacrifice which began when he left heaven to come into time and space and be born as a baby. And so today for a second, I wanted to unpack heaven in the hopes that we can get a greater appreciation of the place that Jesus left to be born as a baby. Firstly, heaven is a place of endless celebration. Heaven is a place of endless celebration. We're supposed to enter his gates with praise. We enter his courts with thanksgiving. Praise and worship is the sound. It's the soundtrack of heaven. Now listen, if you think of worship as only the four songs that happen at the beginning of a Sunday service, then that might not excite you. You might not be excited about an eternity of being told to 
I'm singing as loud as I can, you know. You might not be excited of an eternity of being told to lift your hands higher because they've reached their extent. They're not going any higher. But if you think that's all worship is, you're severely underselling it. What we do on a Sunday morning is not worship, it's an overflow of a life that is devoted to worship. See, the truth is this, there are actually seven Hebrew words which are translated praise in the Old Testament. One is yada. You can laugh at my Hebrew accent if you want, go ahead. One is yada, which means to throw out your hands, to lift them to God, to clap them in celebration or even in warfare. Did you know that in worship, you engage in warfare? Come on, somebody, you take back ground. That's why sometimes the worship team's face changes and they look angry. They're not angry at you. They're taking back ground because there's something about worship which advances the kingdom. There's something about praise that moves things forward. Come on, somebody, it's yada. Short back, which means loud adoration. I'm gonna get into this one. It means to shout. That means that when that person next to you shouts, don't give them the side eye. They're allowed. It's biblical. Come on, the type of praise and worship in the Bible is that let's get more undignified than this worship. It's loud and it's expressive. If someone shouts, don't trip. They're just worshiping. Barak, which means to bow in expectancy because the heart posture of worship is one of reverence and humility, but it is also one of expectation. In other words, I believe that even when I don't see it, he's working. I believe that even when I don't feel it, he's moving because he don't stop. That's the heartbeat of worship. Zamar, which means to sing with instruments. So don't trip about the drums, it's biblical. We're not gonna get into that, okay? It's for the 11.30 service. Halal, which means to shine. Because when we worship, God's face shines with pleasure. And so does ours. Halal, which means unrestrained and undignified. It means to be clamorously foolish in your praise. If you don't wanna dance, that's cool in worship. Just don't stop the person next to you from doing it. Because the heartbeat of worship is unrestrained and undignified. I said this in the first service. Uh, my deepest fear in life is dancing. I'm terrible. The Lord blessed me with no rhythm. I was at a dance class one time and every, the whole class was going step to step this side and I was just going the opposite way. And my friend was looking at me in my panic. I looked at her, I was like, I can't stop it. I didn't know how to get in time even if I wanted to. But if you see me in worship, you'll see my shoulders are trying to do something. And it's because I decided that I would not let shame shackle me. If the Lord said I could get unrestrained and undignified in my worship, I'm not gonna let what the person is next to me is thinking about my moves. And so 
you. Because the heartbeat of worship is it's let's get even more undignified than this. Doesn't matter if you've got moves, if you've got none, if you've got none, come stand next to me, it's cool. (laughs) To hear, which means to sing a spontaneous song of praise to God. What that means is the heartbeat of worship is it's not let's sing because you have to, let's sing because it's worship on the screen. The heartbeat of worship is that you beheld the face of God and you couldn't stop yourself. It's not a have to under compulsion. It's a want to out of response to the holiness of God. Hello, which means merry rejoicing. It's associated with harvest time, which was the most eagerly awaited time of year in a farming society. It's the time of enough. Because you don't worship out of a place of not enough. You worship out of a place of more than enough. I got the peace, so I worship. I got the joy, so I worship. I got the victory, so I worship. We worship out of an already won mentality because the grave's already been defeated. The cross has already overcome everything. We're in harvest time, friends. So let me sum that up. Do you know what it means? It means that praise is an atmosphere characterized by raised hands and clapping, by glad shouts, by an expectation that God can and will do anything. It means to be so overcome with adoration and praise that I'm prepared to get a little bit undignified. I'm prepared to get clamorously foolish. I'm prepared to dance my shoulders. I'm prepared to bob my head. I might even bend my knees a little bit. I might even do heads, shoulders, knees and toes. I don't know. It's characterized by a want to, not a have to. And it's characterized by the fact that we are a more than enough people because we are grounded in the already done work of Jesus on the cross. And that, my friends, that is the sound of heaven. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice, they were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honour and glory and power forever and ever. And today I can't paint you a picture of what the choirs of angels will look like. I can't play you a recording of the anthems of heaven. But perhaps today I could give you a snapshot Have you ever stood in a stadium with thousands upon thousands of people there? Every culture, generation, color, and creed, and yet despite their difference, they were singing one song with one voice and thought, is this perhaps a reflection of heaven? Or have you ever been at a family gathering And at the end of it, found yourself singing, not because someone suggested it, but because you were just so glad to be together, it burst out in song. 
and wondered, is this perhaps a glimpse of what it'll be like when I finally make it home? Or have you ever stood at a performance and been so moved at what you saw that you suddenly found yourself on your feet with your voice raised and your hands clapping and wondered, I wonder if this will be my response when I finally see my Jesus face to face. Heaven is a place of endless celebration. Heaven is also a place of endless rest. Hebrews 4.9 says, for all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. It's two rests that the scripture is referring to, the rest and grace that we experience in this life and the rest and glory that we will experience in the one to come. And I don't know what it'll feel like when I finally hear Jesus say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I don't know what it'll feel like when the good fight has finally been fought. But perhaps today I could give you a snapshot. Have you ever finished a hard and a difficult task, but you did it? And you sat back at the end of the day and you were tired and spent but satisfied with the job you'd done and wondered, is this a snapshot of the rest of heaven? Or have you ever lay on a beach or a lake and saw the blue waters before you and thought nothing of the cares outside this present moment and heard only the waves lapping on the shores and wondered, is this a snapshot of the security of heaven? Or have you ever woken up on Christmas morning and heard the excitement and the expectation and stood around with your family and thought to yourself, I don't want to be any other place than the place I am right now and wondered, is this a snapshot of the contentment of heaven? Because heaven is a place of endless rest. Heaven is also a place of endless abundance. There's an incredible scripture which talks about how the new Jerusalem descends, and it says that its walls are made of jasper, and the city was pure gold, as clear as glass. It talks about how the walls of the city was built on foundation stones, inlaid with precious stones, And it goes on to list all of those incredible stones. And you know, if I ever arrived at a friend's house and their walls were made of gold and they had precious stones inlaid them, I would think to myself, oh my gosh, my friend is loaded. (laughs) I would also probably wonder what sort of security system they were rocking. Probably their pin was more than four digits long, okay? I'd probably also wonder why I bought them lunch the other day and resolved never to do that again, you know? Can you imagine what it would be like to see that new heaven? Walls of gold inlaid with precious stones descending 
Friends, it would take your breath away. Do we understand today that the abundance of heaven is breathtaking abundance? So much so that it will knock the wind out of you. It will take your breath away. See, heaven is the place we need or lack dissolves in the face of breathtaking abundance. If the team would like to come join me, lastly today, heaven is a place of unfading perfection. Unfading perfection. Isaiah described it like this in Isaiah 60, verse 19 to 22. No longer will you need the sun to shine by day, nor the moon to give its light by night. For the Lord your God will be your everlasting light and your God will be your glory. Your sun will never set. Your moon will not go down. For the Lord will be your everlasting light. Your days of mourning will come to an end. I wanna prophesy that again. Your days of mourning will come to an end. All your people will be righteous. They will possess their land forever. For I will plant them there with my own hands in order to bring myself glory. The smallest family will become a thousand people and the tiniest group will become a mighty nation. At the right time, I, the Lord, will make it happen. Can I tell you something about the glory and perfection of heaven? It's unfading. The light of heaven will never dim. And that is at odds with our human experience. Because in human life, even the most beautiful things fade. The gold begins to tarnish. The glass becomes cloudy. Even the beautiful things that human beings create, they diminish. They fade. I was in London a little while ago and obviously I went to see Big Ben because have you even been in London if you haven't seen Big Ben? I don't think you have. And I walked up out of the train station. I looked up to where Big Ben was supposed to be. And it was covered in scaffolding and tarpaulins. So I haven't been to London. I haven't seen it. It was being restored because even that bright, shiny pinnacle of human creation, which is on all the postcards and all the lunch boxes at the tourist shops, it diminishes, it fades. But the light of heaven shines forever. The glory of heaven never dims. The streets of gold, they never tarnish. And I don't know what it'll be like 
to finally feel the light of heaven on my face. I don't know what it'll feel like to be in my perfect heavenly body. But I hope for it. And I hold on to it because I know I was created for it. See, after 20 minutes of me talking about heaven, words still fail. No picture, no illustration, no earthly experience could ever contain the place that Jesus left to be born as a baby in a manger. And he didn't just live in it, friends. He was the king of it. And heaven is only that way because it's patterned after its king. The king in a manger sent to save us back to the heaven that I just described. With every eye closed and every head bowed, there's some people here, they need to receive Jesus. I just painted a picture of what you were created for, friend. Jesus was sent to save you back to it. See, He came as a baby, but as a man, He bore our sin, all the wrong we'd done. He hung on a cross so that we could realise the purpose that we were created for so that we could live in heaven with Him forever. If you're here today and you need to make that decision to make Jesus your Lord, in a moment, I'm gonna count to three. And at the end of that, just raise your hand. One, two, three. If that's you, raise your hand. You're saying, I'm gonna accept Jesus today. Thank you, God bless you, I see that hand. Is there anyone else who's saying, I wanna receive Jesus today? I wanna receive Jesus. Thank you, God bless you, I see that hand. Thank you, God bless you, I see that hand. Is there anyone else today you need to make that decision to make Jesus your Lord? Thank you for that hand. Thank you, God bless you, I see that hand. Church, repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, I confess I'm a sinner in need of a Saviour today. I give my life to you, holding nothing back. I turn from sin and follow you. Thanks to you, I'm free in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. You're awesome. Let's celebrate those people that made that decision. Do you thank Pastor Haley for, for a great word? Hey, Chish. I wanna encourage you, if you prayed that prayer and you put your hand up or, or maybe you just prayed that prayer and, and you really meant it, I wanna encourage you to take one more step of faith. On your seat or maybe around you or maybe on the floor is one of these orange connect cards. On the left side, there's a place where you can fill in your details. On the right, there's a box you can tick on. The second one down, it says, I've committed or recommitted my life to Christ. I wanna encourage you to tick that box and we're not gonna stalk you or shop your house or anything like that. One of our 
team will get in contact with you. They'll invite you to Alpha and just tell you how you can take that next step in your journey with God. And so I wanna encourage you to, to do that. In a moment, the offering buckets will come by and you can simply pop that in the offering bucket or as you leave in our foyers, there's a big box that says connect. You can pop it in there too or give it in the, at the info booth and they'll be able to help you out. Along with that, there's a whole bunch of other things that you can make a, a step towards as well. Maybe you wanna be baptised. Maybe you wanna attend growth track or join a small group. All those things are there as well and you can simply give us a way to contact you and we'd love to get in contact with you and help you take that next step in your journey of faith. I wanna let you know about three things that are happening in the life of our church. Number one is that next week, the 15th of December, we've got baby dedications. Uh, and if you've got a child or a baby that you'd love to have dedicated, we, we'd love to do that with you and dedicate your child to the Lord. Again, just fill out your Connect card and we'll see the info booth and we'd love to get in contact with you and help you uh, to get your child dedicated. It's such a great step of faith that we can take for on behalf of our children. Uh, next week is well, uh, coming up as well. Um, sorry, we have our Christmas production, of course. Remember to take your flyer uh, and we'd love to see you invite someone along to Christmas production. Uh, on the 21st of December is our Christmas box packing day. Uh, it's always a whole bunch of fun. We play some Christmas carols. We have a good time. We have a whole bunch of different people on the packing line, put in different things in the boxes. And it's always such a great time to celebrate as a church. It's a whole bunch of fun. And I do encourage you to come on down, come and help out, uh, get there early, and then we'll have all the different roles assigned and you can get involved and get stuck in. Uh, we've got a thousand boxes to pack this year. So it's gonna be a whole lot of fun. Uh, and good times, and that happens in our gym. And anybody is welcome to come along and get part of that team, so I encourage you to do that. That's the 21st of December, that's a Saturday. Um, in a moment, we're gonna receive our giving, and uh, I just wanna encourage uh, the Dream team to come on up, uh, and, and we can receive that. I'm just gonna pray. Uh, on, on the screen, there's different ways that you can give. Um, but if you're joining us as a guest or a visitor, please let that bucket slide you by. This is for those that call church home. And church, your giving is making an amazing difference. Uh, everything that we do here and in our different ministries and throughout the week is, is a result of your giving, of your faithfulness. And what you're doing is making a massive difference. So thank you for that. God, we just thank you uh, for your goodness towards us. We thank you that uh, you have been working here, God. Thank you for the salvations. Thank you for the lives changed. Thank you for um, what you've been doing, God, in the various ministries. And we just pray that as we give this morning, God, you would use it, God, to further your kingdom here in this community, God, in Botany, that you've called us to. We just thank you, God, for what you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Just we're gonna stand to our feet and we're gonna sing one more song as we close. But I wanna encourage you, don't leave. I'd love to pray a prayer of blessing on you right at the end. So let's, let's stand and sing together.